This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast. We are based in Southern California, and our mission is for students to connect, grow, and go in their faith alongside other believers. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle CSM Roots. Now, let's get into this week's message. Hey guys, my name is DJ Martinez, and I am the Roots Worship Intern here at Crossroads. Welcome to week two of our series called Counterfeit. So, did any of y'all share a room with a sibling growing up? Do any of you guys share a room with a sibling today? Those of you who do, you all are awesome and brave. I love you, and I'm sorry that your sibling is annoying you. So sorry about that. I say that because I shared a room growing up too, and if you never had to do that, I'll speak from my own experience. It's the worst. If you're a neat person and they're messy, it's a disaster. If you like to go to sleep early, but they stay up late, it's difficult. If you wanna listen to the greatest rock music ever, but they love hip hop, it's a problem. Sorry if I hit any of wounds for those of you who share a room. I remember dreaming of the day my family would be able to afford a house that was big enough to give me a room of my own. Yeah, that never happened. Uh, Maybe you feel the same way about your room situation. Or maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe you're thinking, I can't wait to have my own car. Maybe you're thinking, I can't wait to go on a trip with my friends. Maybe you're thinking, I can't wait until I'm old enough to move out and have a dorm or my own apartment. Part of being in high school is becoming your own person. You develop hobbies of your own, a style of your own, and thoughts about your future that are your own. At the same time, part of growing up is developing a personal faith of your own. It's not about having a counterfeit faith that's a copy of someone else's. With that in mind, I want to clear up one thing. What I'm not saying is a faith of your own is a faith on your own. I'm not saying you don't go to life group, you stop listening to sermons, or you skip church altogether. Experiencing faith for yourself isn't the same as experiencing faith by yourself. I'm just saying there is a time in every mature person's life when they go from believing what someone else says or copying what someone else does to having a faith of their own, a faith that is personal to them. Having a faith of your own doesn't mean you never listen to anybody else. In fact, if you want to have a solid faith of your own, you'll need to involve other people, maybe even more than you think. When I was younger, most of the Christians that I knew were older people except for my best friend, Nick. Nick totally changed the way that I saw faith. He made faith seem bigger, better, more interesting, and real to someone young like me. I wanted to be just like him. He was the first cool Christian that I've had in my life. He showed me how I could start to live it for myself. Then in college, I met Philip, who took me under his wing. For a few years, we meet and talk every week about how faith worked in areas like dating, school, and difficult situations. He knew that when you really knew who Jesus was, it could change how you see everything. And like Nick, Philip changed the way that I viewed faith. Again, as he showed me more and more about who Jesus was, I learned ways to see and follow Jesus for myself. Then I met a married couple at here at Crossroads who were a little older than me. Their names were Christian and Melissa. I I hung out with them a lot. We would all meet together at a restaurant and would just catch up with each other. We would talk about things like what it meant to live out a life of faith in God around people who saw things differently. 
and how not to be weird doing it. I learned so much about how to love people and have a real relationship from God, from Christian and Melissa. I can easily look at these relationships and see how God used them to help me develop a faith of my own. This is true for almost everybody who has a faith of their own, a faith that's not just a copy of the great people before them, but a faith that they live out for themselves. Whenever you hear a story about someone's journey toward God, you always hear about a relationship, not just with God, but with another person. Maybe you've experienced this too. Maybe your journey has involved someone who invited you to church, youth group, Bible study, maybe even a Christian club. Maybe it was someone who helped change the way you think about God. This can be someone who impacted you with one conversation, or maybe it was a series of conversations. Maybe it was someone who you watched and observed. You saw how they lived a different way. Maybe one of those relationships brought you here. To put it simply, the people around us affect our faith. That's true in both positive and negative ways. Just like the right people can move our faith in the right direction, the wrong people can move our faith in the wrong direction. You've probably seen that happen. Maybe you have friends who used to be all about their faith, then they started hanging out with a different crowd. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just obvious that their friends are pulling them away. Here are the big questions. If people around us have a huge impact on our lives and our faith, how do we find the right people who can help us? And how do we prevent ourselves from being affected by the wrong ones? I want to start by sharing an ancient piece of wisdom with you. I'm not exaggerating. In ancient cultures, books were written that contained nothing but wisdom and good advice. In Jewish culture, those sayings were collected into a book we now call Proverbs. And even though the advice is old, it's amazing how relevant it is to our lives right now. Look at what the book of Proverbs says. Proverbs thir chapter 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. If I were to pick a verse every freshman had to memorize before starting high school, it might be this one. You don't have to be a Christian for this to be useful to you. It's true for everybody. The people you choose to spend time with will affect your life. Hang out with the wise, you'll become smarter and do life better. Hang out with fools and you'll get hurt. We can all think of celebrities who at 15, 16, or 17 years old seem to be on a good path. Then something happened and then things began to go downhill for them. And if you watch any type of documentary on their life years later, they almost all say the same thing. They began to surround themselves with foolish people. The Apostle Paul talked about a similar idea when he wrote to the church in Corinth. It was a church full of people who had decided to follow Jesus, but they were having a hard time giving up the not so great things that they had been doing before they decided to follow Jesus. Things that people around them continued to do. So Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Here's what Paul's basically saying. If you want to move in a better direction, hang out with people who want the same thing. The wrong influences will impact you in ways that cause negative behaviors and outcomes. And just as the person who walks with the wise will be wise, the person who walks with fools will be foolish. You've probably seen this happen before. Maybe your best friend started hanging out with a certain guy. Everyone knew this guy was trouble. He was notorious for doing bad stuff, but your friend was clueless. What was the outcome? 
I'm willing to bet that your friend changed. How do I know? Well, it's because it's a timeless principle that's universally true. Walk with the wise and you'll grow wise, but bad company will corrupt good morals. Yes, Jesus calls us to love everybody and to spend time with people who aren't like us, but that doesn't mean we invite foolish influences into our inner circle. We don't have to date just anybody. We don't trust everybody's advice. But this isn't just negative. It's equally as true for people who are a good influence. Back to the book of Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We don't work much with iron, but chances are good that your family has a set of steak knives in the kitchen. Over time, those knives get dull. If your mom wanted to sharpen them, she'd get a stronger piece of metal and strike the two of them against each other after watching a YouTube tutorial. The two metals interacting with each other will make the knife sharper. This is also true wisdom when it comes to the people around us. Stronger friends make us stronger. Strong friends make us sharper and better at whatever we're doing, including our faith. They help us develop a faith that's more authentic and less counterfeit. But, and this is a big deal, that only happens when the real us shows up. We all know what it's like to bring a counterfeit version of ourselves somewhere. We know what it's like to talk in a way or act in a way that's not who we really are. And it's super tempting to be counterfeit in church. Whether you're a teenager or an adult, there's always a temptation to act like we've got it all together, like we don't need to grow, or like we never need help. But when we do that, the real us misses out on a chance to grow. We need mentors, family members, and friends to help us to be sharper and to help move our faith from being just a copy of someone else's to being our very own. The real us misses out on the chance to be sharpened and to get stronger. And sometimes faith feels less real because we are being less real. The good news is the opposite is true too. When you show up as your real authentic self and have real authentic conversations with your friends or your leader, God uses those to make your faith stronger and more personal. In other words, real faith grows with other people. This is why life groups are such a big deal. Every time they meet, they provide an opportunity for us to sharpen each other, to be real with each other. We can challenge each other to grow together. Making the decision to show up and be real with small group every week is like saying, God, I can't create these relationships on my own, but I trust that if I put myself in their pathway, you can make change happen. And trust me, you need this. Maybe not right now, but there will come a point when life gets confusing or difficult. There will be a time when your faith feels weak and counterfeit. Whether it's a big decision or a painful mess, you'll want to know that someone is just a text message away. That's your life group and your life group leader. That's why one of the best things you can do for your life and your faith this week is simply be real in life group. And I'm not talking about physically showing up. Maybe you need to show up mentally, take a break from your phone and be all there. Maybe you need to start showing up for the people in your life group by actually hanging out with them at school and not just at church. You've been holding back because you don't know anyone that well and it makes you feel uncomfortable. But if you want to grow your faith, take a step and put yourself out there. Maybe you need some one-on-one -on -one time 
you're dealing with some things that are too difficult to figure out alone. Or maybe you really want to take your faith to the next level and you've met someone older who seems like they could help. Today is a great day for you to start a conversation with a life group leader. You could say something like, hey, I really admire the way you intentionally live out your faith and I could really use some of your input. Would you be cool if you and I helped me find the right next step? Maybe you know someone who could really use some encouragement or truth spoken to them. You know it would be great if you encourage them, but you feel like you aren't qualified for the job. Maybe your next step is to approach that person, hang out with them, and allow God to use you. This isn't just about helping you. Just like you need a place to be real and honest, it's possible that someone else needs a faith-building conversation with you in their life. When you show up each week, not only do you get that kind of relationship, but you also become that kind of friend for someone else. Maybe it's time you pray and ask God to open your eyes to how you can build your faith in someone else. As we head out, don't miss this. God wants to be close to you, to feel real to you, to be personal with you. That's why God hasn't made it complicated. Instead, God put people around you to help you grow and develop a personal, authentic faith of your own. Think about the relationships that draw you closer to God. Who do you wish you could hang out with more because you want your faith to look like their faith? It's not about us copying their faith. It's about their faith encouraging our faith to grow more. Take a step. Make other people a priority in your faith journey. Real faith grows with other people. Dear God, I just thank you for just the people that you put into our lives. Thank you for blessing us with family members, friends, and just our life group leaders. I just pray that whether we're in difficult situations right now, if we need to be real with the person, Lord, I just pray that we can just take that step into just being real with people around us and also just with God too. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.